Hi, this is your co-host Corbin. And I'm Alan. And this is your guide for Ruben Fleischer's Uncharted. Not long after the release of Uncharted Drake's Deception, the first game in the Uncharted video game franchise, talks of a movie began popping up. The video game was released for the PlayStation 3 in 2007, and the latest entry, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, released 10 years later in 2017. In a 2010 interview with PlayStation University, Naughty Dog, the studio that created the Uncharted franchise, said they were excited about the development of a film adaption. Shortly after it was announced, David O. Russell, fresh off his success of The Fighter, would write and direct the film. That's what he initially signed on for. In the time span between video game release and movie release, actor Nathan Fillion of the Firefly TV show fame, I know he's been in a lot of other stuff, but Nathan Fillion, he campaigned hard for the role, even going so far as to create his own fan film. Alas, this would never come to be. In fact, it was Mark Wahlberg, who, as I just mentioned, was Russell was taking with him from The Fighter, would star as none other than Nathan Drake, which... That would be an interesting alternate universe movie. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> In a later 2010 article with MTV News, Wahlberg stated how excited he was about the script and Robert De Niro would be playing his father and Joe Pesci, his uncle. I don't know. What do you think, Alan? Robert De Niro, Mark Wahlberg team up? <laughs> that would be kind of cool to have Uncharted. Robert De Niro and Mark Wahlberg. In a Uncharted movie, uh, hmm, Inter that'd be an interesting choice. I think I, I don't know. Well, the following year, Russell departed to direct Silver Linings Playbook, wow. which I know Alice Alan is jealous of me that I own it. He told me so one time. I don't know if he ever bought it. It's a movie that I would I would love to get. I, I don't know why I haven't gotten it, but <laughs> I do quite like it. So, well, Neil Berger took over directorial duties, but. Berger dropped out later that year to direct Divergent, so the screenplay passed through many different hands, too many to note here in this guide, including a famous turndown by Seth mm. Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and even Chris Pratt himself denied the role of Nathan Drake since Wahlberg was aging out of the park. Nolan Noor said in a 2015 Nerd Reactor article, Quote, my other opinion about this particular game is that I think the emotional investment that people have with Nathan Drake is so high that it would be very difficult for them to accept somebody else, even me with my face as Nathan Drake. I mean, they'd recognize the voice, but I don't think they even accept me as Nathan Drake. He went on to infer fans don't want a movie, especially since video game movies typically perform poorly. Sean Levy, who is kind of a big name as far as directing and producing goes. He produced Stranger Things. I know him from Cheaper by the Dozen. He's uh. done a lot of other stuff. But more importantly, he did sign on to direct this in 2017 until he decided to go with Free Guy, which we know has become quite the popular movie. It's even up for an Oscar. Interesting choice. So that same year, it was reported, like I said, in 2017, Tom Holland was cast as young Nathan Drake. Too much skepticism, I will say, indicating the film would serve as a prequel of sorts to the stories in the video games. In 2019, Variety reported Dan Trachtenberg's next film after 10 Cloverfield Lane would be Uncharted. But no surprise, that didn't happen. Eventually and finally, Ruben Fleischer took over from Travis Knight. And of course, of course, this movie has been trying to be made 
for over 10 years. It's gone through every director and writer in Hollywood. Of course, once production finally begins on the film, it is promptly shut down due to COVID-19 restrictions. No surprise, (laughs) I guess. No surprise. So, yeah, this movie did go through a couple of moves. It was originally slated to be released Friday, March 5th, 2021. They pushed it back five months and three days to August 8th. They actually pushed it forward to July 16th, pushed it forward 23 days, which then prompted them to push it back six months and 26 days to my birthday, Friday, February 11th, which I had plans to go see this movie on my birthday. And I had to go see Death on the Nile instead. So uh, (laughs) it wasn't that bad. (laughs) But eventually eventually they pushed it back seven days later to February 18th, which is when it ultimately came out. So it did move release dates about four times. Um, In total, it was pushed back by almost a year. Okay. A little over 11 months. Still, that moved a lot. I feel like every other week was Mm -hmm. just getting rescheduled for some other date than what it was supposed to come out. Yeah, it's it's you're right. It was a lot. It was a lot of weird moves. So finally got this movie. One of those weird movies where you saw like we saw trailers back in 2021, mm-hmm. like a year ago, and then it just kind of disappeared and we forgot about it and we're like, oh yeah, there that is an uncharted movie coming yep. out. Okay. So as for a budget, what kind of budget did they give this movie? They gave it a hundred twenty million dollar budget. I would say that's not terrible but that's a, i mean i mean that, that, that's still a pretty big budget though 120 million dollars that's that's yeah it big is blockbuster money uh not huge not like not marvel well maybe it is close it's closer to marvel size but i it's still a relatively big mm-hmm. budget for a film it is especially for the first installment on mm-hmm. a very popular property for video games, but untested with theatrical audiences, which is very, very different from PlayStation players, I would say. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Sony was giving it some leeway, some credit there. And they also put it out in almost 4,300 theaters. So this was playing everywhere. Yep. So pretty much anywhere you go, it's going to be playing. It did go up against the new Channing Tatum movie, Dog, which I have no interest in seeing Mm. whatsoever. That's a movie where I can't get away from those trailers. So number three at the box office was Spider-Man No Way Home, just continuing to crush it at the fist. Um, Surprisingly enough, it actually had moved up a spot from the week prior, interestingly enough. Um, Death on the Nile was dethroned. Like I said, I went and saw it on my birthday. It went from one to number four. Spider-Man actually leapfrogged over it. That's the movie that it pushed up. Um, and then rounding out the top five was Jackass Forever. So in its second week, it was actually the exact same thing. Interestingly enough, um, the top five was exactly the same. The new movies that opened up were Studio 666. I don't know anything about that. I heard about that, but. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Also, the Oscar-nominated Cyrano, which looks interesting from the bit I've heard about. And the Godfather re-released came in at number 12. So, that's fairly impressive, I guess. So, finally, in the film's third week, it which this is all the data we have at this point, listeners, it was dethroned by none other than the Batman, which 
is no surprise batman took out uncharted batman opened up to 134 million dollars and this was this came in at 11 million for its third week uncharted it's still doing very good at the box office so far domestically it's grossed 101 million foreign markets 171.3 million for a as of right now worldwide total of 272.5 million dollars i'm sure Mm. that is not going to be the final number it's grossed a quarter of a billion dollars it's clearly made its money back so i mean not like some game-changing box office but i would still say pretty strong box office for a new franchise yeah for a new franchise um i think this definitely has uh star power behind it because that's a good point uh well for one spider-man just came out and that's like (laughs) only the number three grossing highest grossing movie of all time with tom (laughs) holland um Mm -hmm. so i think that that has something to do with it because it came out no not too long before this did and of course that exploded and i would say it's also an alternative to batman which i can guess opening weekend would probably be sold out in a number of theaters Mm -hmm. um given you know the hype surrounding it so i'm sure it did a little bit better on that uh uh that's that third weekend when the batman came out too just as an alternative pick because you know batman's all sold out that's true so as far as scores are currently now of course some of these will change over time it has a straight three on letterboxd so it's kind of just straight down the middle yeah um as for imdb 6.7 mediocre i guess not great for being for still being in the theater that is pretty low now this is where things get interesting it does have a 45 meta score so Mm. it's generally yeah it's not great it's generally mixed reviews most critics kind of didn't like it 41 percent on rotten tomatoes for critics so 41 percent of critics yeah thought it was rotten well no, 41% of critics thought it was good. The inverse of that thought it was rotten, yeah. This is where the tide changes. 90% audience score on Whoa. Rotten Tomatoes, and that's verified ticket holders. That's surprising. Yeah. Wow. Because I, I was thinking, you know, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes can sometimes be relatively close together. Not I we haven't seen that big of a divide for a while. It's been a while, but it does seem to go with some of the current trends of blockbuster films being big mm-hmm. crowd pleasers, whereas critics think they're pretty stinky. And the final score is a B plus on Cinema Score. So okay. this movie probably should have been at least an A minus, maybe an A. Like this should have been. I mean, it's Tom Holland. It's exciting. It's a I mean, it's an adventure movie. I think this probably should have scored higher. So this tells me there's kind of a crack in the armor for this one. Definitely audiences were like, yeah, it's fun, but it's not great. So it seems like generally audiences um, seem to enjoy it for Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, It's not the greatest thing in the world, but they do (laughs) seem to enjoy it. Critics are like... What is this <laughs> from what I see? Because Metascore and Rotten Tomatoes are both very low. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb is mediocre, but it is a 6.7. Um, and uh, CinemaScore and Letterboxd are... CinemaScore is, I guess, the highest and Letterboxd is higher. But that Rotten Tomatoes score is ridiculous. 
Yeah. That's the standout, I guess. Everything else seems about, for audience, seems to be mediocre, it, with the exception of uh, Rotten Tomatoes audience. That's yeah. that's surprising. That's definitely the outlier of all of the scores. It's heads and tails above anything else. Yeah. Well, Alan, thanks for joining me. I'll see you next Monday. Sure thing. And thank you, listeners, for coming along with us as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Uncharted, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for our full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after for a good day to die hard. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.